Ah, close to retirement. Or retired already? Time to live the good life, right? Well, you're no longer earning money. You're now withdrawing money each month. And your broker is also withdrawing each month from your account as much as 2 to 3%. And if the market drops, your broker continues to withdraw. Wait a minute. How do we navigate these challenges? That's why to tune in to the Total Financial Hour with host Eric Hallaby, Sundays at 11 a.m. Learn about your financial power on the Total Financial Hour, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM870, The Answer. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halabi, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power. Total financial. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with me this morning. Has it been a crazy week? I mean, look, a lot of us are going through weird times, of course. I want to share a couple of things with you. I don't think this time is or should be as chaotic and unpredictable as what you should have been planning for, and many of you did, for all these years. So here's what I mean. Follow me on this. When you're living check to check, for a lot of people, especially those crazies on the left, will run around and say, you know, Americans live check to check, raise the minimum wage. So do you really believe that if somebody lives paycheck to paycheck on a $20 an hour job, okay, whatever the number is, pick $15, $25, it doesn't matter, $50,000 a month, doesn't matter. If they live check to check on whatever they're paying now, do you really believe that if they receive a pay raise, that they will now all of a sudden save that money? Or if they receive a pay raise, that suddenly they're going to pay off that debt so it won't follow them around next year? Now, you and I both know that it makes zero difference, almost zero difference, on how much money people make. Good or bad, up or down. Now, look, if you make $2 a day or $2 billion a month, of course, money has an impact, right? Uh, difficult to spend $2 billion a month and very hard to survive on $2 a day. Okay, I get it. But most of us fall in between that. And so if you're making $50,000 a year for 20 years, that's a million dollars went through your hands. So if you're living paycheck to paycheck after earning a million dollars over the last 20 years, now most of you probably earned a lot more than a million dollars over the last 20 years. But if you're living paycheck to paycheck when a million dollars flows through your hands, now I understand, Arif, some goes to taxes for the state, the federal, I get it. Then that should control your voting if you don't like that. If you think you're, you're being ripped off or they're taking more than they should or you're not receiving the benefits like better roads, infrastructure, bridges, uh, potholes, uh, police, fire service, right? If you don't think you're receiving, then, then pay less in taxes. Vote differently. Because you know and I know that these folks are not in a position to give you your money back if they feel like they didn't do a good job, right? Uh, so, so this whole notion of living paycheck to paycheck falls under the same set of ideas as the word fair or the word try. 
both of those, so that we're clear, in my opinion, are bad words. Right? When somebody tries, it means they didn't do their best. Now, maybe they did. But you can't tell me you're going to try to do something. Right? How many of you, and I, and I have to raise my hand at this, but how many of you have said, oh, I'm so sorry, Joe. I'm going to pray for you. And you didn't. We get busy. We forget. We, we have good hearts, good intentions. So how much less are you going to be good, responsible, uh, follow through when it comes to money when we don't do it with prayers? When we don't do it with our relationship, I need you to know this because I can't have you get kind of tied up into this government entitlement. You thought, like I did, that the TSA, right, the TSA that suddenly become a government agency when all of the employees at every airport across the country became employed by the largest agency, federal government program, a jobs program created ever in the world. We thought the post office was an enormous jobs program, but the TSA had instant, boom, shifting of power, boom, transfer of wealth. And it left the everyday citizen and went to the pockets, in this case, of the government. Now, you might say, well, that's okay, Eric, if somebody has to do it. I get you. But if you didn't like the fact that you made a million dollars over the last 20 years and you have less money in your bank account today than you did yesterday, then maybe, just maybe, you might not be paying attention to the tax world. I, I don't know. Call it silly. Because my next conversation point is pretty clear. I think there is always a way to make extra money. Always. Oh, Eric, there aren't any jobs. Eric, people are laying off. Really, have you seen the lines of people to work at Amazon or or Charmin toilet paper rolls, right? Out in Procter & Gamble, out in uh, Oxnard. They had a fire last week. You know, that was a shame. We were worried, oh my gosh, what happened? Well, it's still running. The toilet paper lines are still running. No pun intended. You, you, need to, you need to understand that there are companies that are working 24-7. So I understand your job got laid off. But you know what? There are others. And through ups and downs, when I was a, a kid, 15, 12 years old, I always had work. Now, is it work that's going to fit in a box? Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, I need benefits and bonuses, and I need uh, health care, and, and I need vacation. No, well, no, of course not. You're not worth anything to anybody yet. Right? You just started. Why, you're not valuable. Wait till you become valuable, and then you get to ask for whatever you want. Right? Because you're valuable. They're going to say, wow, we want this person. So I understand that it's scary right now, and this is going to last for a short while. But if you are physically active, if your net worth doesn't increase a year from today, I don't know the number, a million dollars net worth, 50,000 net worth, something. But if your net worth doesn't increase a year from today, then you're losing, blowing this opportunity. I don't mean go buy masks or toilet paper and then sell it out of a black or a white van in the middle of a parking structure. That's not not what I'm talking. Hey, want to buy a speaker? I have some stereos. Remember that? VCR, and then they give you a box full of bricks. I used to arrest these people all throughout Northridge when I was a policeman out there in the 90s, early 90s. So, look, I'm not talking about making money by being dishonest. Because if you live paycheck to paycheck, there's an income gap, they say, a wage gap, so to speak. I think there's a get up up off your fanny and go to work gap. I think there's a lazy son of a gun gap. 
Oh, but you don't understand here if my son, my daughter, my wife, my husband, uh, I'm sorry. I am not the guy that will hold your hand and go, there, there, I understand. Because when I made a commitment and a promise to my wife, when I made a commitment and a promise to my children and to my parents and to any other friend or family that may or may not need my help, when I looked at my children in the eye, they didn't have a choice to be born to me. God made that decision. So he said, Arif, I'm going to trust you with these three souls. Raise them up in the proper way that they will go. You're responsible for their physical being, their, their uh, spiritual well-being. He didn't say, oh, I hope you find a job Monday through Friday working for the city or the county with benefits and pay raises. He said, I've given you two arms, two eyes. I've given you the ability to have a mind and to work. I'm sharing this with you because this week I've heard a lot of stories about people that are sitting around feeling sorry for themselves. And I don't mind us taking, I don't know, maybe a day, a couple of days, uh, maybe a couple of hours for some of you to sit around and say, oh, boy, this is crazy time. Ooh, I just got laid off. Ooh, this whole, I got to apply for this government stuff on. Okay. You have permission to take a deep breath, sleep in, play the depression game, right, for a minute. Or some of you are legitimately going through some mental illnesses. There is help. But if, it, if you're just doing the I feel sorry for myself game, guys, come on. Right? Your family is counting on you, men, women. Because I want you to realize with the stock market taking a hit, it does not just affect your 401k plan. And let's be clear with something. Our clients did not lose a penny, $1, one penny. They did not. Now, you may not make any money. You're going to have a zero. But how many of you would give up a chance for this year to say, oh, I guess this, this year I've made nothing, but at least I didn't go backwards 40%. Right? We had one gentleman call me. He had a million one in his account, 1.1 million. And in January, he said, well, Eric, if I decide I'm going to take my chances with the market. I said, great. If you ever want to put money in the safe, uh, fixed, fixed index annuities away from market risk, just let me know. I'm here for you. He said, okay. He called me the other day. Arif, I lost $400,000. Now ask yourself, how long does it take for you to make 400000 If not now, when you were working, how long did it take? Because not only did you lose 400000 but you lost four, three years of your life. Three or four years of working, you worked for free. Guys, come on. You want Wall Street to keep, to keep charging you a fee? They're going to be fine. They'll make money every month. You lost, but don't worry. They tell you stories like, oh, it's a paper, paper loss. You're not going to realize the loss until you sell. Did they ever tell you when the market went up, oh, it's a paper gain. It's not really yours until you sell. No, because if you sold and realized the gain and made the money, do you know what happens? They cannot charge a fee. Okay, that, that's, a, that's a nice to know. That should be, hey, why wasn't that in big, bold, lead, red letters on the top of my statement? Hey, if you keep your money in the account, you could make more money. But as long as it's there at risk, Wall Street, your financial planner, broker, we get to charge a fee. So we win even if you can lose. They can say that. 
But somebody on your team has to think, well, you know what? We've ridden this horse as long as it's going to go. Time to get off. We may not go as fast, but we're not going to go backwards. And if we walk, at least we'll move forward. And some years you might get a zero. Some years you might earn three or four or five or six percent. Some years 10 or 12, maybe, if you're fortunate. But you're never going to make more than about 12, and you're never going to go backwards. That's a pretty interesting way to go. Because here's what matters. When you call us at 888-99-RETIRE, I'll give you the phone number again. That's 888-99-RETIRE or 888-997-3847. We might be able to help. And right now, of course, we're doing video conferencing. We're doing phone calls. If in the process of time we can help you, then great. I'll tell you, hey, I can help you. If I can't, I'll say, you know what? I can't do anything for you. You're fine where you are or I can't make this situation, uh, you know, the way it is worse. So I'm just going to leave it. I wouldn't change a thing. Sometimes that happens. And you're in a position to at least have a second opinion. I think those are valuable right now, don't you? Don't you think it's valuable to have kind of a plan B? So we have accounts that actually will give matching or bonuses is what it's called. But for in your mind, consider it like a match. In other words, you put in money, they put in money. Some for as long as a year, some for even as long as a year and a half, where you put in money and they will match. That is a big deal for you, or it should be a big deal for you, because it can help get back some of the money you've lost. As of April 6th, I know, like around the corner, right? April 6th at midnight, that bonus will drop. So you can open an account before then if you want. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, it doesn't matter to me. Right? Up to, up to the 5th. Uh, I'm sorry, up to the 6th. And then if the market goes down, you're, you're not going to lose a penny. All right? So I want you to think about this because you're going to be bombarded with a bunch of stuff that the government should be giving you an emergency account. It should be giving you a backup plan. It should be giving you all sorts of these other things. Realize Everything comes with strings attached. If you think that you're going to get something for just being, I want you to think twice. A lot of financial programs are running around. Don't forget to apply for this loan. Don't forget to apply for that. Look, I'm okay if you're looking at this and saying, that's one of my choices. But please know that there are strings attached. There are catches. You've now peeled back your business even greater than before, to have the government involved in your life maybe a bit more than you want. Look, I don't think the government's a bunch of boogeyman or women running around. I don't think that. But right now you're happy because President Trump is in there and he's got a hands-off approach. He lets businesses grow and not this over-regulation. But you don't think that in four or eight years maybe there'll be somebody else that may not be super friendly to businesses and you've already let that crack of the door open? So just think twice about it, right? Have integrity, be honest, because whatever you say or do on those reports, it never goes away. So four years from now, seven years from now, when they're investigating fraud, I remember, guys, the earthquake was 1994, January 17. I remember they were still putting people in jail for insurance fraud 
in 2000. I mean, you, right? Six years later, these people thought they got away with it. And the FBI said, ah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it sooner or later. Statute of limitations are not a problem for us. Because you and your family have to have the ability to have a plan B. All right? And if that means you have to open the door and partner with the government, then that's what you have to do. Then we're fine with that. Just know it. Know it. Be a part of it and say, okay, I have to have a plan B, guys. Because I will not be in a position to lose my business. But play by the rules. Okay? Play by the rules. How about some of these things that we're seeing when we turn around every single day? We're walking through and and you have friends that are no longer hugging you or saying hello, shaking hands. What's happening with that physical touch? Right? You're going to have family, close family, that you're probably living with. And I had some friends that that, uh, were diagnosed positive. Of the four of them, you've heard the story if you've listened to my show before. Of the four of them, one of them, husband and wife, one did, the wife did not even test positive for the virus. The husband did. So, of course, they were in as close contact as husband and wife can be, and yet one had it and one didn't. So I don't know the reasoning behind it. I don't know how it transfers or anything like that. I just know that according to the American Medical Association, the AMA, I think there's something in the neighborhood of what? Uh, oh, wait, 250,000? Up to as much as 400,000 people per year? That's about 20,000 people per month die from medical malpractice? We're not banning hospitals or procedures or doctors or medical centers. So have a little perspective. If one person passes away, it's a tragedy. It's someone's family member. But I want your mind to be put at ease a little bit. Research. Go online. How many people die in car accidents? How many people die choking on chicken wings? How many people die, uh, you know? <laughs> and, then, and then go, oh, okay, I get it. 50,000 people a year die of the flu. Maybe a little more, maybe a little less. My guess is this year there will be less people dying of the regular flu. Why? Because you all are staying away from each other. You're washing hands. You're, you're you know, taking a, a bath and sanitizer three times a day. Uh, chances are pretty good that the normal flu virus that would have uh, transferred from... Per- I think maybe there's a chance that that will be less. Just a guess. Right? So maybe going forward, that's probably just the smart thing to do Every time, right? Maybe that's always the smart thing to do is to just make sure that we sanitize our offices, our workspaces, our phones, right? Not be putting your fingers in your mouth like a four-year-old. Maybe, maybe, maybe things like that just might be the new way to do things. And yet we are, we're okay with getting back to normal. Look, some of you were blessed financially. And I'm going to be a little bit bold here, but many of you that are clients of ours didn't lose a penny. And last week I took two phone calls, and it's weird, it happened on the same day, a couple hours apart, uh, of clients, ladies that were crying on the phone when they found out, okay, Arif, how much did we lose? We have our life savings with you. I said, nothing. Chances are you're going to get a zero in interest. She said, I don't care. I said, but all the bonus you got, that's, in your, that's added to your account. And in one particular account, she put in 400000 Today it's 428 I said, chances are next year you're probably going to get a zero. She said, but how much of the 428 do I lose? I said, nothing. 
Are you kidding me? And she's on the phone crying. And it's funny because my staff walked by and I'm in the, the office and she sees me and I have tears in my eyes and she can't figure out, oh my gosh, did something happen? And so, of course, she didn't say anything until after I hung up the phone because she said, is everything okay? I said, yeah, yeah, that's great. It just reminded me what we do for people. The peace of mind, the feeling of, I'm, listen, I have plenty of other things to worry about, you might say, and one of those is not going to be your finances that TFS Financial Insurance Services and Total Financial Solutions holds. The funds that we hold, nothing to worry about. 888 retire that's 888-997-3847. I think you will see time and again that enough people, some of you, are going to have extra money. And maybe you go out to eat dinner, you know, when this is all over, maybe you normally go out to eat, eat once a week, whatever. I'd like you to do it twice or maybe three times. Those of you that are blessed to either be our clients, you didn't lose money, you were smart with your money, you didn't play this stock market game, and you didn't lose your shirt. I don't know if you have a moral obligation, but I think you have a community obligation. I think you have an obligation for the, for the community. And here it goes. I don't want to hurt you, but to eat dinner out twice a week, maybe. Or may, maybe you go to the small shop and this year you're going to buy gifts. And instead of buying from, from these online retailers, the gifts you're going to buy for the holidays or somebody's birthday is from a local, local boutique or a handmade craft item for somebody. And the other thing that is pretty important and I'm blessed to have, have learned this at an early age because I watched my dad and my mom and dad would do this all the time. Even though we didn't have a lot, they always tipped well. They always tipped the service workers, way, uh, maids uh, you know, at, at restaurants, or I'm sorry, at hotels, waiters at hotels, uh, restaurants, food service people, uh, the folks that are working in that industry, right? When a food server comes, they have to give you pretty good service. I, I think they should. But when a bellboy or a bellman uh, takes your luggage up to your room, give them just a little bit more. You don't have to give a $100 bill for you know, somebody opening a door for you. That's not what I'm saying. But giving them just a little bit more than you would normally, those of you that were blessed, I think that's a good thing. Right? I, I think you will renew their faith in humanity. I think if everybody gives just a tiny bit more that has money, that did okay, that, that made smart financial decisions. You see, I think with that comes a responsibility. I think the moral responsibility that we do have is to take care of our money properly, to be, to be good servants of what we were given. And financially speaking, if you think some of that is putting it in the market and you're closing your eyes and voting you know, on red, all right, then maybe that's, that's part of your thing. Some people like to buy lotto tickets and they, they go to the casinos. That's your own thing. But you wouldn't go to Vegas or the casinos or play the lotto with your mortgage payment or your rent payment or your electric bill or your property taxes, would you? Then wouldn't it make sense to have some or part of your money safe? And if you are smart, if you've learned that living paycheck to paycheck was a choice, now, look, 
There are extremes. I get it. Well, Eric, a, a lady that works flipping burgers, her husband walked out on her. She has four children. Y- you know what? I get it. That stinks. I can use extreme examples from any place. And even if that is not an extreme example, the amount of, of uh, support between government aid, between churches and charities, between food pantries, between free education, between free health care and after-school programs and free computers, and, and uh, right, right? Someone's paying. I'm paying for it. You're paying for it, quote, free. And her lot in life stinks. I'm sorry. I wish you would have married a smarter guy, a better guy. And you're right. It's not going to happen tomorrow. You're going to have to work hard for a long time. But those of us that are financially done okay, there's, there's a, a moral obligation to be honorable with our money. I don't know if it's to tip people well. That's, that's what I'm choosing to do. So whatever and however you transfer in your mind that, that I am blessed and I have a bit more than, than others, help out a little bit. Renew the faith in humanity so that people will have a chance. All right, we're going to continue when I come back with the Total Financial Hour. I'm Eric Hallaby. 888-99-RETIRE, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. Thanks for being with me. We're going to continue in just a minute. I'm Eric Hallaby on AM870, The Answer. Security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power. Total hey, welcome back to the show, The Total Financial Hour. I'm Eric Hallaby. Thanks for being with me as we talk about your family's finance, uh, finances and the ability to, to navigate this, I think, very difficult time. But I want to put some things into perspective. It's hard to say when, uh, when you win the argument or you've been proven right to tell somebody, ha, I told you so. I don't think that's a way to live. But I can tell you this. Conservatives for a very long time have been talking about the things that have led up to this. Now, I don't mean the virus, but the conditions that led the virus. A couple of examples. Everybody get out of your cars and public transportation. Carpool with strangers or semi-strangers and sit next to them. Wait a second. That means every day, if their if their child from preschool gets sick, I'm going to take it home to my in laws or my parents or my wife. What? Yes. Now, I don't mean carpooling is bad. I don't mean public transportation is bad. But understand that when they tell you you cannot use paper towels in the public restrooms at the restaurants or the or the places, and you have to use a hair, a, a dryer, right? A hot dryer with bacteria filled. Uh, air, warm air that thrives in warm air, by the way, and you blow that on your clean hands, except they forget to tell you that the actual act and the friction of wiping your hands with, with a paper towel, a clean paper towel, can actually remove some of the germs. And yet we run around talking about some phony environmental thing because we all want to feel like we're doing something. Or we, or we, uh, we walk through this life and we say everybody should, uh, you know, smaller homes, Tiny homes, and better yet, let's live in an apartment on top of each other across the street from the train station so you can take the train to work. You can uh, go to your, the, the food market, the, the um, you know, farm, farmer's market right on the corner. You can live 
like hamsters on top of each other. So I can smell your Indian food, which I love, by the way, cooking. But if I'm not in the mood for it, and you can smell uh, you know, my kimchi if I'm cooking Chinese or, or Korean food, right? By the time it's all over, the conditions that led to this, why do you think they have spread in New York? In and out of cabs. You think anybody wipes down those cabs, the taxi cabs? You think anybody wipes down those, uh, the handles in a subway? when millions of people a day are coming and going? Why do you think it didn't spread as rapidly in in Idaho or Montana? They're not nicer. I mean, maybe they are nicer people. I I don't know. But what they are is their common sense a bit more. Symbolism over substance. Bring your paper, bring your uh, bags from home that have been sitting on the floor next to the dog dish and bring those to the grocery store and set them on the counter where my fresh vegetables come down right after you have put your canvas bags that were sitting on the floor of your car where your kids were, were walking through a park and maybe stepped on a dog do and sat in the backseat of your car and, and put their feet on the floor. And then those same bags that you had now sit and simmer in the back of the trunk of your warm automobile until it's time to take those usable, reusable bags back into the grocery store, put them back on the conveyor belt, back in the grocery cart, and bang, we are now ready to put mine. Did not anybody ever see this coming? Oh, wait. Go to my radio show from about a year ago. We talked about it. I said, it's ridiculous. The sanitation, right? The organic matter and material inside of your bag that came off, a little leaf that came off from your spinach or, or a little bit of uh, liquid from your meat, from, from your chicken spilled in the inside of the bag. And that just got to simmer and get filled with bacteria. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt your, your eating, but, but follow me for a second, guys. Symbolism over substance. We feel like we're doing something. That's the one thing that is concerning me about the way the government is responding to this coronavirus. Uh, Listen, all I can say is I'm very grateful that President Trump is in there because he's a leader. You've heard me say this before. I don't agree with 100% of anything he says, right? All the time, I don't. There are some things I love, some things I don't. Some I agree with, some I don't. But I don't agree with my wife 100% of the time, and I'm married to her. You think I'm supposed to agree with the president like I am it? Right, I have my opinion. It, it may or may not be more uh, left or right or conservative or liberal. Look, you have a choice. And you better make a choice. Hardcore guys, look, this is not a playtime anymore. I'm sorry, I wish it was. And the choice is simple. Do you care about what he says or what he does? I care about what he does. That impacts me. I can mute the TV about what he says, but what he does impacts the gasoline prices, impacts the commerce, the the price of groceries. Everything that he does impacts us. I happen to be a fan of what he does. I think it's better for the country. I think it's better for us as a nation. I think it's better for you and me every day. But when you walk around and you see the symbolism over substance and those grocery bags that were put on the floor of, of the backseat of somebody's car whose minor children were stepping on stuff whatever. They just came from the public restroom. They put their feet on the same floor that your clean grocery bags. I mean, do you not get it for a second, guys? 
And so many of you thought, well, I don't want to be the guy. I don't want to be the gal that talks about the reusable grocery bags as a problem because I'm going to be seen as an environmental you know, uh, denier. And so when they say we're going to put up these signs or Proposition 65, there's chemicals known to the state of California that may cause cancer in this location. And everybody goes, oh, yeah. They pass this law. All the lawyers get rich. We all sign it. Woo. And then they just put the signs up everywhere. <laughs> I mean, you understand? Preschools and gas stations, grocery stores and office buildings, everything has that Proposition 65 sign, which means if it's everywhere, it means nothing. The problem is, I think you guys all know this, but you're afraid because the moment you poke your head out to say, hey, this doesn't sound right. You get slapped in the head with an environmental Nazi denier thing or, or racist or they call you a bigot or some sort of phobic something or other. And you, sh- you go, oh, sorry, sorry. How dare I have courage? Right. Businesses that are allowed to be open. I know this personally. Businesses that are allowed to be open. Have pushback and feedback and criticism from some of the community members on Facebook or on uh, Yelp. Two or three bad comments. And instead of confronting it with courage and saying, hey, 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 we are we are doing a public service. There are people in the community that need us here and we are allowed to be here. You don't like it. Don't shop here. Instead of having courage, you guys back down and you let the bullies win. You see, the bully used to have a baseball bat or or a chain or a big, you know, a gun or, or just big arms. Today, a bully can sit in their pajamas with empty pizza boxes, eating out of a Chinese food container with their hair all jacked up. And as long as they're eloquent in the, in the way they write some sort of criticism, and boy, do they mean it. What do you do? You go, oh, I'm cowering. This person who's 27 years old in his mom's basement, who has $8.74 in their savings account until the next government check comes in. We better listen to that person because, oh gosh, they could hurt our feelings. What I'm saying is some of you need to have some courage. Stand up. There will be bullies. That's their job. They don't have a life. And when you see them stop using plastic straws and they show you a picture of a turtle with a straw coming out of its ear, and they say, do you see this? We are killing the environment. Ask the question. Where is that? Oh, the Philippines. China. Vietnam. So, so what the heck does that have to do with us here? Oh, so they're going to give you a paper straw. Now, follow me for just a second. I know it's a little early. A paper straw and a plastic straw have the same volume. Not the same weight necessarily, but the same volume. That means you, if you have 100 straws in a container, they are the same. The, the diameter is the same. It's the same, the same, the same. So when you have a truck that delivers straws or a pallet, you know, a lot of straws on a pallet, whatever, when they are delivered to a location and you and I sit there and we have to use three straws instead of one because they fall apart, they're paper, or we use two straws instead of one because they fall apart. What is required now from an environmental standpoint? That truck now has to drive another load of straws, which means more gas, more cost for labor, 
more insurance, more wear and tear on the roads, more manufacturing costs because the straw now has, there's two straws that have to be made for every one that used to be made, right? So, so the environmental risk from the manufacturing, the electricity uh, used, do you follow me? Instead of you guys going, wait, it's a good idea to have you know straws not not being chewed on by by turtles and and sea lions. I get it. Nobody wants that. So, what we're going to do is we're going to mess up the environment in a different way. And then you'll run around and say, "Well, let's not use straws at all." Ask the people with dental work how easy it is to have cold beverage running across their teeth, or hot beverage running across their teeth. Right? I mean, I don't know. I'm encouraging you guys because, look, you've spent the week feeling sorry for yourself, feeling like you got kicked in the teeth. I get it. All of us. All of us feel like, what the heck just happened? Two months ago, our world was one way, and today it's something completely different. I understand. You and I are the same. And now, you need to get up. And now... You can't let these crazies that were just waiting for an opportunity called Nancy Pelosi, who decided that the opportunity to drop in hogwash into a stimulus bill. If you didn't think she was an evil son of a gun, and I don't use that word lightly. If you didn't think she was evil before, my word, today you better think so. Because she held it hostage the waiters, the waitresses, the small business owners, right? The, the bell, bellmen at hotels, all of these people that are furloughed, quote, laid off, sitting at home. We're waiting for something to be done by these same government people who, by the way, will not lose a paycheck. Did you know that? Did you know their paycheck will stay the same? In fact, this summer they're getting a pay raise. Shh, don't tell anybody. A pay raise to withhold money from you. And then they will throw bread from the big tower back down on you. You'll grab a couple of loaves. You'll say, man, am I so darn fortunate that I received a little bit of this loaf. I can't wait to see what else is coming my way. Or maybe, I don't know, just maybe you'll get up. Because people are counting on us. Right? Take a look. I I don't know the truth about some of these masks. I know some of the masks are designed to stop bacteria, which is larger than a virus. And so some work for viruses, which are tinier and can fit through the holes that bacteria masks can stop. Right? Some people wear a mask around their mouth, but not around their nose. Have you seen them? Some people will wear a mask and then they'll lift it up to scratch their nose. And you go, but you just took the stuff from the there and you put it to there. And what the heck are you doing? So I don't know. Except this. At the end of the story, we're going to be fine. You will have your integrity. You will have your savings accounts. You'll have your money in retirement accounts that are with us and others that are face, uh, that, that uh, really practice safety and protection of principle. And that's what our job is. Because I think retirement... And the lifestyle that retirement leads should start with, number one, the beginning of the story, everything, peace of mind. Peace of mind. Why be in a position to where you're retired and every month you're panicking? Go back to work. 
You know, why every month should you get to the place and have to scrimp and save and hope that the stock market doesn't drop another 20%? How about just having a nice retirement? How about just living the way you wanted to live? How about protecting your principal, building your wealth safely, securely, slowly? Yeah, I did. I said that. A lot slower with us. We're not going to make you rich. It's still funny. Uh, the other day, Dennis and I were talking and, and he said, you know, Eric, that's the one thing that, that stood out when I first started talking to you. Because just so you know, the interview process with him to, to endorse us a couple of, well, I guess coming up on three years now, it took a few months. It took a few months. Background check. They had to inter- interview me a few times. And the other day we, we had lunch and he said, uh, you know, Arif, that's the one thing I remember from the very beginning when we first started speaking is you said, your goal is to not make people rich. It's to keep them from being broke. And he said, everybody, including my own financial professional, my own financial advisor has never said that. They, everybody said they wanted to make me rich. He goes, Arif, why is that a thing for you? And I said, look, our job is to not make you rich. Here's why. Because if you walk around and you say, hey, financial advisor, make me rich, you better first find out who their mom and dad are. Go interview them. Make sure they're rich. Because if, if that gentleman or lady did not make their own parents wealthy first before even talking to me, then they're a son of a gun. Not interested in being your friend. I don't want to be around you. If you can't take care of your mom and dad first, then I'm not going to be on your list because you're not going to take care of me. You have a better relationship or should with them. The second is I want to see your portfolio. If you're rich, man, then I'm okay with it. Then you took care of yourself. And now you can help me become rich. And he said, and he started laughing. And I said, look, here's where I follow, where this follows through the line. Because in the story of how you get your wealth, it has nothing to do with who you choose as a financial professional when you're 52 or 65 or 74 years old. It, it doesn't. It had to do with your money habits, the way you spend money, the way you save money. It has to do with your career choice. You could be the best uh, janitor, food flipper, hamburger flipper in the world. The job just doesn't pay. Very difficult. You'll probably never be wealthy. You'll never save anything dr- dramatic in your life because it's just you're just not earning money. And really more importantly that Warren Buffett said was one of the biggest ways to become wealthy it was the spouse you chose. Isn't that funny? The career you chose, your saving habits, and the spouse you chose. And I shared that with him, and he said, you know, that's funny, Arif. Uh, you know, I've, I've won two out of three you know, early in my life, and now I'm happy to have three out of three. And we started laughing. And he said, look, the, the reason I say I'm, the, the reason that I bring this to the table is because I think it's not just honest, but genuine. Because when I sit down and I say, hey guys, our job is to protect your wealth. You have already earned it. Somebody paid you a lot of money. Your wisdom saving it, you did that already. My job is to protect it. Right? I I feel like I'm the guy standing at the door with the armor on and the big shield and it's to keep and protect. And, and we're going to earn reasonable interest. Some years zero, some years 10, some four, three, seven. I don't know, depending on the interest of the year. And because there's no monthly fees, there's no quarterly fees, there's no annual fees. We are paid because the company is going to make a profit. They're going to make more than they give you sometimes. And when they do, they paid us. 
So we're paid, not from your principal, not from your earnings. But the company says we need X amount of dollars to make a profit, and that's how we're going to pay our electric bill, we're going to pay our employees, and we'll pay Arif. And, and a great example is, think of a bank. You walk into a bank. You're not giving $1.50 to the teller, $2 to the bank manager, $1.50 to the security guard. You're not doing that. But we know they're paid because they were here yesterday, and they're probably going to be here tomorrow. We know the electricity was paid because it's on. So how do they do it? Well, you deposit money in a CD, for example. They pay you 2%. We know they're going to give it to Joe for a new car, Mary for a new boat, and Steve for a new credit card. We know they're going to lend it out and make more than they give you. Right? That's how they pay their profit. That's how they they pay their electric bills. Insurance companies, financial institutions that we work with, do the exact same thing. And you have to follow this if your goal is to say, look, how hard is it? How does a fixed indexed annuity or a fixed annuity work? Simple. Your money goes into the market. If it goes up, you earn some interest. But there's an index involved. It could be the S&P 500, the Russell 2000. There's sometimes a dozen different indexes. So if that index goes up, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, for example, whatever it might be, if that goes up, then you could earn some interest a year from today or whenever you opened it up. If you get to the place and you're in a position to where you say, okay, now I am ready to have some or part of my money saved, you could turn on an income stream. You could say, give me a check. Give me a monthly check. You could say, give me half my money. Give me nothing. You could do whatever you want. If you get to the place where you say, now it's time to start turning on an income stream for yourself, fantastic, you can do it. And in doing so, you could have all, some of your money. If you pass away, your family gets what's left. You know, a lot of people go on and say, <clears throat> say things like, well, you know, if I take one payment, my family doesn't receive any money anymore if I die. That's not true. It maybe used to be that way, but it's not that way anymore. You know, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, 20, uh, probably 25 years ago, something like that. You know, a lot of these changes that we're seeing with the system, just look back. How long did it take for the market to go down in 2000? Well, we had 2000, 2001, 2002. We had three years of a down market. And from that period of time, it took another seven years. So a total of 10, three down, seven up. It took 10 years to get back where we were. In other words, to start making money again. You see, when Wall Street says, oh, it's a paper loss, but they never told you it was a paper gain. They said, oh, oh, don't sell. You'll realize your lot. But they never told you to sell. Because once your money leaves the risk world, you realize the gains, it becomes a profit or a loss, whatever it is, and it leaves the risk and goes into safety. As soon as that occurs, poof, no more fees. What? Yep. So you can imagine, they don't like what we do. They don't, they don't like this conversation because we're right for some or part of your money. We're not right for everything. I would never tell you, put all of your eggs in one basket. I'm sure there are people out there that say that or think that. It's just not what we do. It's not our thing. I think you should have some or part of your money in a safe place. I think you should have some level of guarantee or safety. What are your bills? What is it going to take each month to live on? Okay, great. Well, that's where we start. You need more? You want less? What are you looking at? 
right? So you have a, a level of safety and protection for the most important parts of your life. You have a level of safety and protection. So as your growth begins to jump, as your savings begin to grow, your lifestyle can grow with it. And you aren't somebody who's sitting around saying, gosh, Eric, you know, I, I've saved my whole life, got to a place, and now what? Now what? Everybody seems to be rich, right? You heard my example early. I think this is funny because it was told to me and I was probably 25 years old. And I think I was making, I don't know, 30000 a year or 40000 whatever I was making, 50000 a year. And a friend of mine said, Arif, how much money did you make last year? I said, oh, $50,000. He said, uh, why is it that you don't have 50000 in the bank? And I laughed. I said, well, of course, because I had bills. I had my car payment. I had gasoline and my electric bill at my house. He said, that's right. He said, but you realize you worked hard. So the dry cleaner, his family's going to take a great vacation this year. Thank you, is what, is what he should say. Hey, you worked hard because the liquor store owner, the place you go every once in a while, hey, the coffee shop, their kids are going to have an amazing college education. And, and don't worry because the grocery store, that manager, he has an amazing retirement coming down the road. Don't worry, he's got a great retirement because you go in every week. So let me ask you something, Arif. Who worked for you? I said, what? He said, who worked for you? Because you worked for the liquor store, you worked for the grocery store, you worked for the the dry cleaner, the nail salon for your wife. You worked for all of these people and they all made money off of your efforts. And who worked for you? And I think that was the moment in time when I was 25 or 26 years old, when that moment in time when it all flipped for me and I said, wow, I actually get it. Somebody has to take care of myself like you have to take care of you. Remember to be kind to others. And I think, I don't, want to, I don't know if it's even more important than being kind, but courage. Stand up for what's right. Thanks for being a part of the show. I'm Eric Hallaby, the Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. Phone number one last time, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-99-RETIRE. I'm Eric Hallaby on AM870, The Answer. Strategy, I'll retire comfortably. Thanks to Arab Halaby. Now every dollar's got a job.